Mets fans, Mets fans, we are back here with another episode of 40 Minutes to Flushing. Today, the Mets won their home opener, thank goodness. We know how the first seven games of the season went. We're going to get to that, but let's talk about the positive things so far. And if you happen to notice something a little different about this episode, there's our friend there from Baseball 360, Mr. Fazio. He's here for a reason. He's going to help me and Sean kind of cope with the first other seven games of the season. You know, we, Sean and I were getting a little hot under the collar there. We were getting a little antsy. Right, Sean? I, I know you are. No, really I was happy. a miserable fuck the first episode. So, uh, or first episode since the season started. So, uh, you know, we just have Fazio here to help intervene. Yeah, don't listen. Let's just uh, let's just take a deep breath. You guys won the home opener today against the Marlins. It was a well-earned victory, 9-3. to And uh, look, you had a tough series out in Milwaukee against the Brewers, who, you know, I, I wanted to pick them for my third wild card. I probably should have now looking at their team. But um, it's one of those things where, you know, it's early in the season. You don't want to overreact like some guys out in Barstool, how they react to news of the Mets losing. And look, you got Justin Verlander possibly coming back at the end of this month. So, not all is lost, Mets fans. You guys are now 500, probably going to be over 500 after the series against the Marlins. I don't want to jinx it, but, uh, you know, we should see. We'll see how that series unfolds. But listen, it's April. Plenty of time. Plenty of baseball to go. There's a lot left. Don't panic just yet, Mets fans. You guys are doing good. Mets. Today, our buddy Tyler McGill went out there through six shutout innings, kind of got rid of the bad vibes. He's been excellent so far through this first turn and a half around the rotation. 2-0 and with a 1.64 ERA so far. Got Kodai Sanga about to make his second start tomorrow. We got to take some positives. Yeah, McGill's been serviceable. Uh, obviously, off to a really good start. Uh, it's everything you could have hoped for out of a guy like him stepping in to, uh, to spell a guy like Verlander. So got to be happy with what you've gotten out of him so far. I mean, you know, we don't really know what he is for sure yet. I think all in all, we've been pretty happy with when he's been asked to step into the rotation. Um, there's been times where he's been asked to do other things, like work out of the bullpen, and he hasn't been as effective. But got to be happy with what you got so far. Um, you know, the, the, the rotation's a little bit iffy right now. So even once Verlander comes back, maybe he still has a place in the rotation. Who knows? Yeah, I mean, we dodged another bullet today because he took a line drive off his ankle. It didn't look great after that happened, but, you know, thank God he was able to recover from that. With all this talk about the rotation, I want to talk a little bit about Max Scherzer. Um, I'm going to be honest. I think most of the fans' anxiety, what stemmed from the bad outing Max Scherzer had, I think that night if Max Scherzer went toe-to-toe with Wade Miley, both chucking up zeros, and we lost in a pitcher's duel because we didn't hit, we would be okay with that. But because he went out there and gave up back-to-back-to-back home runs, he always gave up the long ball. But to actually see it happen, game two of the season, you're like, oh, shit, already? So I think that's where a lot of the uh, anxiety stemmed from, though. A lot of the negative emotion was seeing Max go out there and get get lit the fuck up the way he did and then also for us to go out there and get shut out back-to-back nights wasn't a good look but you go out against Corbin Burns you score six runs you know I could feel a little bit better about the offense having said that though I hope this offense is ready to play in some high scoring yeah I mean we didn't just get shut out those two games in Milwaukee we got shelled um and 
I guess I want to start with Matt Scherzer, and I, I want to bring Carlos Carrasco into this conversation too, because a lot's been said about the pitch clock and how that's affecting some pitchers. I think the Mets may feel it more than some other teams because we have an old rotation. I mean, you know, Kodai Sengo's our youngest starter, and he's, he's what, 29, 30? Um, so we're dealing with an older rotation. you got to wonder how throwing a pitch every 15 seconds – every 20 seconds with a runner on base is going to impact some of these guys who just aren't used to doing that. Uh, Carrasco, especially uh, notorious for taking his time on the mound. And he saw his velocity drop all the way to the high eighties the other day, um, which is definitely scary. So you got to wonder if, if he's just not conditioned for it. And even a guy like Max, who's, you know, pushing 40 at this point, he he's not used to throwing a pitch every 15 seconds either. What, what kind of toll is this taking on him? Is this uh is this a matter of he just had a bad start or is the pitch clock really uh, taking its toll on some of our older pitchers and wearing them down quicker in games now? So I get a little bit of the concern with Max. If it wasn't for the pitch clock and no rule changes, you know, you kind of just wonder, all right, maybe it was just a bad start. He looked good in spring, but um, yeah, it does kind of make you ask, like, are these guys conditioned to throw a pitch that much? Uh, some people are saying, <laughs> if you listen to WFAN, I think it was Tiki and Tierney were, uh, calling out Max for not being in shape, um, saying, like, you know, get off the bike and start running laps. I don't know if there's uh, validity to that, if uh, it's a matter of his cardio is just not good enough or if it's his arm. I'm not a pitcher, so I can't really speak to that yet, and it's too small of a sample size to say what the issue is. Uh, I will say sometimes you look at him and it's like, yeah, he's kind of got, like, a little bit of a dad bod going there. You kind of wonder how... He's that effect. I mean, you know, pitchers, they don't need to be in like tip top shape, I guess, to be able to do what they do. But maybe that's changed a little bit with the pitch clock. And maybe it is a matter of guys needing to be in better shape to throw a pitch every 15 seconds. And again, who knows? Maybe it's more than just their their cardio and conditioning. Maybe it is their arm. No, that's a good point there. First couple of starts through first couple of starts for every pitcher so far, you could tell little winded they're not used to having to throw the ball at a certain time so now they can't take that couple of extra seconds couple extra deep breaths before a pitch they're they're winded constantly they're gonna have to get their cardio up there's no other way around it when it comes back to max we he's 39 right let's let's call it what it is and we're so used to remembering the Max Scherzer from the Tigers, from the Nationals. We expect him to be perfect. We are getting him at the tail end of his career. Now, I still think him at the tail end of his career is still better than a lot of pitchers out there. But you are going to have to deal with a 39-year-old pitcher this year. You're going to have to deal with a 40-year-old pitcher this year in Justin Verlander. We're seeing it right now. Sean, let me know what you think about this. Don't be surprised when JV comes back. You won't see Max go on one of those 15-day DL stints with a tired arm. Do not be surprised if you see one of those I wouldn't be surprised either, especially with the way that uh, Tyler McGill has stepped in. And that's kind of why I was wondering out loud, like, what could happen uh, once Verlander comes back? Could McGill stay in the rotation? It wouldn't surprise me if either they decided, okay, we're going to roll with either McGill over David Peterson, or if they just decided, hey, you know what? Uh, Max looked a little worn down. Carrasco looked a little worn down. Maybe we'll uh, we'll put him on the injured list with one of those phantom injuries, let them uh, work back towards being healthy or 
being at 100% or just working their conditioning for a couple weeks to get back up in there. Another topic I want to touch up on. How did you feel about that premature rainout? Now, I know the Mets needed it more than any team, but I did think that was a little Steve Cohen, Buck Showalter playing with the weather. Uh, Yeah, it was weird. Um, They called it way too soon. I mean, yesterday was beautiful in the afternoon. It didn't even really rain here in North Jersey. Um, It just got cloudy for a bit, and that was pretty much it. It would have been a perfect opening day, if anything, even better than today. But, you know, I was at that game, uh, what was it now? It was two years ago, uh, that famous July game where they waited like three hours to rain it out. We were, I was lucky enough to sit behind home plate for that game. We were in like that little, um, that little like seating area with all the food around and all the TVs. Um, it, it was like we got constant updates from uh, from Steve Cohen saying we're going to try to get this game in. It was really weird. And then it ended up getting rained out and everyone was super pissed. Since then, he's been a little um, quicker to pull the trigger, I think, on rainouts. And I think that might have been what happened here. Probably just didn't want to mess around with opening day and all the festivities and everything they have planned. Just figured let's not take any chances. Let's just push it off one day. I mean, at the end of the day, it was today was going to be an off day anyway, so didn't make a difference to me. Um, but a little bit weird to postpone a game that early, for sure. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily even the Mets postponing their game. It was several other teams doing the same thing, really taking advantage of that uh, built-in off day. Yeah, I mean, if you got it, you may as well use it. So I don't really have an issue with it there, but it is a little weird how premature of a decision it was. Francisco Alvarez coming to the roster with the Omar Navarro's injury. I want to see him get in the lineup relatively quickly. I know today they had, you know, Nito catch McGill, but you have to figure if it's not behind the plate, I want to see him in that DH spot. We need this team needs a spark offensively. Yes, we scored nine runs today. Uh, the Marlins walked 12 batters. We only had six hits. Um, it's good to see Frankie Lindor and uh, the Polar Bear hit because if they don't hit, you know what you're going to get. Um, McNeil, he was chasing a lot of pitches today. I think uh, Edward Cabrera's lack of control kind of got in McNeil's head. He was trying yeah. to be too cute up there. He's like, ooh, once I get that first strike, I'm going to swing. But he didn't get a strike, so he, he found himself chasing, which is not like him. He'll get back on track. I'm not worried about that. Yeah, uh, he struck out looking, too, and you could tell he was pissed off. You Like he does, you hear him mouthing off after he gets struck out. Uh, it, it looked like a strike anyway. I, I think he's just in one of those, like, you know, he gets in these funks where, like, he's just super pissed off and it kind of just snowballs. I, I think he'll get right pretty quick. A pitcher, like, because he's so aggressive at the plate, a guy who's all over the place like Edward Cabrera, who also has good stuff when he does throw strikes, is going to be tough for him to uh, to hit off of. Um, he's not like a Brandon Nimmo where he'll just take his four walks that Nimmo had today. Um, he He's going to be swinging. Um, and to your point too, about the offense, I, I did want to speak to that, uh, and about their ability to, to hang in there in these, these high scoring games, like we had in game three against Milwaukee. You know, I, I think today we saw what the team could do. Um, there is some concern, like you said, like you know, we need, uh, we need, uh, Lindor and we need Pete Alonso to carry this offense. We saw what they did for the offense last year. They both had basically career years when it came to their ability to drive in runs. But, I mean, without them, this offense is going to struggle. Uh, today was a day where pretty much 
almost everybody contributed. Uh, Nimmo, I just mentioned, had the four walks. Marte homered. Um, it, it was a solid day for the offense altogether. Even Eduardo Escobar, I think, got a hit. Or no, he didn't get a hit, did he? Oh, that's right. He grounded into uh, a fielder's choice and he got an RBI out of that. But it, it was a pretty solid team effort today. Uh, but I think there's still a lot of holes in this offense. Um, a little worried about Escobar. I'm not ready to jump off a bridge with him yet. Thank God Beatty's thumb is okay because I think we could see him sooner than later. Uh, get Vogelbach the fuck off this team ASAP. He is atrocious. The other day when he got thrown out... Uh, trying to stretch that single into a double in what easily should have been a double for 95% of players in the league. Just embarrassing. Uh, he's terrible. He, too passive at the plate. Doesn't do what he's here to do, which is to mash and drive and runs against righties. And uh, Alvarez. Okay with setting him today. I get it. It's a home opener. Maybe it was like a bit of a reward for... Um, for Nito, for being a Met these last few years, to catch the home opener today. Um, and for a young guy like Tyler McGill, you know Nito's going to call a good game. Makes sense. Uh, but Alvarez has to get the majority of the playing time back there. He could be a DH, but if the Mets have any plans on him being our future catcher, I don't want to see that. I want to see him catching. Um, if, if they give up on his abilities as a catcher, which I don't think they're at that point yet, then fine. You know, make him our DH on a regular basis. But I'd rather see him catch and get those reps at the major league level. What about you? Yeah, it's kind of like shit or get off the pot with that situation. Like you said, pick a lane with him, but do it now. If you want him to catch, then he's got to be behind the plate. He's got to be working with these veteran pitchers, Verlander, Scherzer, Cookie Carrasco. He's got to be behind the plate. He's got to learn how to call a game you know, a major league game consistently throughout a season, lead the team from behind the plate. I like some of the back picks he showed in spring training. That's some good potential. So he's not a total dud behind home plate, but he's here for the bat and he's going to get into that lineup. It's asking a lot, obviously. We talked about this on one of the last few episodes, but the Braves put their prospects in a position where they don't rely on them to carry the offense. They come up and just add more offense to what they already have, which is already a strong core. Um, with the Mets, they're basically saying, hey, we didn't have enough offense this year. We're banking on Beatty and Alvarez being enough to carry us because they didn't go out and get anybody is what it comes down to. I mean, you have one of the top third base prospects in all of baseball. He's pretty close to being major league ready. Um, you know, if you want to give him a few more weeks in the minors, I get it. Give him some more reps in AAA. But I don't see any reason to have a long leash for uh, for Escobar at this point, especially when the offense is in such a desperate state. And that's the thing. If they had gone out and gotten another solid bat to add to this lineup, I wouldn't be pushing for us to find that spark in a guy like Beatty. But this is where we're at, and I don't feel comfortable rolling with what we have right now. Uh, Alvarez, too. Um, you, know, you want him to get starts every day and get more reps, but can't expect much out of him. Yeah, you bring up... Mauricio and uh, Vientos. Um, Mauricio has been impressive so far to start out the season in AAA. He added that mass. He kind of fell off as a top prospect, but his, start, his stock is starting to climb back up again. If there's no spot for him, trade him. Um, I'm in the same boat as you. I'd, I'd love to see a guy like Brian Reynolds here. You know, Obviously, they don't, they don't value Vientos that much. Uh, those guys are expendable to me. If you want to call them up to see what they got... 
desperate for offense, sure. But, uh, you know, if you're not going to do that, trade him. And I know it's April and we're not going to see a trade happen like tomorrow. Yeah. But it's something they have to consider over the next couple months when that trade market starts heating up around, you know, mid-June or so leading up to the uh, the deadline in July. Yeah, and you also don't want to be in a position where your prospects are supposed to be the saviors exactly. of your season either. You want them to kind of you know, get their feet wet, stay under the radar, let the veterans carry the team, and whatever they contribute should be an added bonus. But we're going to need them to come here, and we're going to need them to mash. Yep, that's a position that uh, Billy Epler put them in. So it's on him. Let's touch up on this bullpen. Adovino gave up that walk-off against the uh, Brewers the other day. That, I'm not going to get too crazy about. It was one bad pitch at the wrong time. He bounced back today with a scoreless inning with two strikeouts. Going to need Ottavino and Robertson to really be on their A game, though, with these other guys. And that's where you're really seeing where the Edwin Diaz injury hurts us. It's not just the lack of him being here. It's the fact that we're stretching these other guys now to roles that they weren't supposed to be in. So, you know, we we didn't have Robertson for that uh, ninth inning the other day, so... We had uh, Adovino out there, and that's what happens. Uh, you bring him into a tied game like that. Uh, I, um, there's other guys I'm a little worried about. I'm not fully sold on Drew Smith yet. Um, I mean, Brooks Raley seems like a solid lefty, but you don't really know just yet what you have in him. Uh, and outside of that, it's kind of just let's see what sticks. Uh, don't have a lot of confidence in the bullpen at this point. We won 101 games last year. I knew that was going to be hard to duplicate, but I still think we can hit the 90 mark. I really do. Um, and then what? whatever happens once you get in the playoffs, you know, anything can happen. We could even have 87 wins and still get in the playoffs. So, But we are definitely going to have to grind out this season. Every one, all 162 games, we're going to have to is going to garner our attention. Last year, we were kind of able to turn the season on autopilot come July, August, and then had to lock back down come September because the Braves were just... Yeah, I, I think it, they're not going to coast like they did last year. Um, yeah, Obviously, they, they coasted to a point, but still, a 100-win season, that's nothing to, uh, to sneeze at. Um, this year, it's not going to be easy. I think as long as they hang in there, stay within the division race or wildcard race, they're going to make some... The difference between last year and this year is this year, I think they're going to make some significant moves at the deadline. Uh, whereas last year, I think they were way too complacent in what they had. Uh, they got a little hot offensively right before the deadline, and I feel like they read way too much into that, and you saw what happened. Uh, this year, I think... They understand what our weak points are, and I think they're going to do a lot more before the deadline to supplement this team. I do think ultimately they'll hang in there. Um, I don't think they'll be anywhere near where they were record-wise around the deadline this year, but I think they'll at least be in the race, and I think Epler is going to make some moves for sure. We do have our first real test. Actually, the Brewers were kind of a test, let's be honest. Our first real test, the Padres are coming back to town this Monday. Same team that knocked us out of the playoffs last year. Seth Lugo is actually starting yes, is. for the Padres. Yeah, I think he pitched like seven shutout innings the other day. Um, good for him getting off to a good start with the Padres. I just hope he doesn't do it against us. We go out to Oakland and play Oakland for three because we got a big West That's Coast right. swing that starts. So this is going to be a busy April, man. This April is going to feel like a season in and of itself, yeah, man. We'll know what this team is, I think, by the end of April. Uh, they're playing some pretty solid caliber teams this month. Um, you know, maybe the Brewers are better than we thought, 
Uh, they did have some young guys who maybe we didn't plan on being this good this early who really showed up in that series. Garrett Mitchell looks like he's going to be a star. Um, that right fielder, what was his name, Weimer? Joey Weimer, yeah. I picked him up in fantasy. He's he got a weird stance. Good, especially defensively, uh, like he's the one who gunned down uh, Vogelback at second base, made some nice plays in right field and even at the plate. And uh, who's that other prospect that they uh, that they called up this year? Um, uh, he killed us that series. I'm blanking on his name. Bryce. Yeah, Bryce. Bryce Tarang. Tarang. That's him. Bryce Tarang. Uh, he looks pretty good too. So I think you looked at their starting pitching and said, okay, they've got something here, but they've got no offense. But if those young guys start stepping up, then that kind of changes things. I still think the Cardinals are far and away the best team in that division, but the Brewers could be better than we thought, and maybe. Uh, you know, maybe we just ran into a better team than we expected, and um, the Mets aren't as bad as we thought. We'll we'll see. Exactly. I mean, if we started off seven and zero, obviously we would feel the same way. But that even that would be too early too. So we've got a lot of ball. We've got a lot of baseball left to play. Um, enjoy this freaking season. It's too early to start turning into a curmudgeon. You want to turn into a curmudgeon in July? Fine, but. Come on, man! It's baseball season. We've been waiting all winter for this. Don't 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 tap out now. Do not tap out now. Um, who knows? Maybe uh, Alvarez, you know, provides a spark. Pete and uh, Francisco Lindor, you know, continue to hit. Starlin Marte, steady as a rock. We got Nimmo still working out his walks. If we if we just score the runs, we'll be okay because you know. The bullpen's going to be a challenge this year. Hopefully, we can get our starting pitching, uh, Verlander and Scherzer, to you know bounce back and be the guys who we know they could be. Um, like I touched on in a previous episode, there's no way in hell you really expected Justin Verlander and Max to make 30 starts anyway, right? It You knew they were going to get hurt at some point. Um, obviously, Verlander getting hurt to start the season, finding out about it on opening day was a bummer, but... Uh, yeah, uh, if you get 25 starts out of them, I think you're ecstatic. So Verlander seems like he's on the way back. Hopefully that holds up. Um, hopefully he comes back strong. Hopefully Max can uh, right the ship in his next start, and hopefully they both get back on track. Um, and it, you know what? You're talking about the Mets right now, too. It's easy to be down on them. I think you looked at where our confidence was at one point in the winter when they went on that spree. We thought we had Correa, uh, and all of a sudden the Mets went from a good team to pretty much you know, right up there with the Astros as World Series favorites temporarily. Um, obviously, the Correa thing fell apart. He might not even be the player we thought we were getting at that point. Uh, after that, we lost Edwin Diaz for the season, and then Justin Verlander went down on opening day. So that really shook our our uh, confidence in the team, I think, and just the fact that they started the year with the or they almost started the year with a guy like Darren Ruff, um, and really did nothing to supplement the offense. It for sure confidence took a took a hit, but you look at this team versus other years where we went into the season and the uh, some of those Wilpon years, uh, God, like some of the guys that we started uh, and like guys that they hyped us up into believing were going to be like decent major league starters remember brad emos we went into a certainly do our everyday second baseman and they sold us on him being like a diamond in the rough so things are a lot different with uncle stevie here with the uh, payroll the mets have now and the resources they have um obviously they're not they're not a bad team as down as we might be on them at times 
still a hell of a lot more fun to be a Mets fan right now than it was uh, under the Wilpons. And we'll, we'll see how they rebound here. Uh, today's game was encouraging, obviously. Uh, you hope that they could build on this and beat teams not named the Miami Marlins. But, uh, you know, you've got to still feel good about this team overall. Um, <coughs> and I think you're excited to see what some of these young guys could do. We already have Alvarez here. Hopefully he gets a start tomorrow behind the plate. And hopefully it's not too long before we see Beatty here, too. Throw the first seven, throw the first eight games out. Just forget it. Keep the wins rolling. We'll be all right, guys. It's going to be a hell of a year. Don't you worry and about it, it. Let's go, Mets. All right, guys. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, we'll see you next week. We're going to try to get these episodes out Thursday or Friday of each week. We're going to work on getting you some more consistency with our uploads. But uh, Sean and I are here for this season. We're going to pump out our episodes. We're going to be we're going to be optimistic, but we're going to be honest about how we feel too. So if we seemed a little down, you know, you know, we were just being honest. But uh, hey, listen, when we feel good, you guys are going to notice that too. So uh, stay with us, Matt fans. Uh, It's going to be a hell of a year. Until next time.